Hey, hey, episode 29, it's music on our mind, as promised last week. Yeah, the first of two episodes this week. Huh? Yeah, man, the first of two episodes this week. And we are purely doing this to essentially discuss Tool's latest album, but uh, we thought, uh, let's make you wait for it and instead uh, suggest some music that's been on our minds these days and talk about that too. So... Um, relatively uh, relatively the same format as we've done in the past. Only thing we're limiting ourselves to three albums apiece at the moment. Only so that we can try and <laughs> create yeah, yeah. some more time to discuss about Tool. Anyways, Peter, would you like to begin? Yeah. So the first album that I've been listening to a lot in the past few weeks is an album you kind of mentioned in passing uh, in one of our earlier episodes. Cloud Kickers Unending. And mm-hmm. yeah, I've heard that too. Cool thing about that was it was just a surprise release. It there was no like hype or build up to it. So I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, I think I spent the entire weekend just listening to that album. And again, you know, for me, it still has that whole atmospheric soundtrack kind of vibe that he's been going for in the past few albums. But, you know, fans of the EPs that he released will be glad to hear some elements from it. And that's, and I'm going to butcher the name of their second track, but Zawik, that's the uh, track where you kind of realize that, okay, he's kind of getting back some of those elements from there. Uh, yeah, I mean, the less I think I the only really, like, truly experimental thing which he did was Womb, right? Yeah, yeah. That was, like was the one which was very left field. Drony Correct, yeah, very yeah. left field. Yeah, this this one definitely had that uh, cloud kicker vibe from the earlier stuff. From yeah, and and I was really happy to see it because at some points when he was releasing all the you know ambient stuff, you're like, okay, like is he completely forgetting or he's going away from that direction? But yeah, you listening to this album was really cool. Uh, I picked it bu- picked it up on Bandcamp, and uh, he's also released like the vinyl masters. So all you audiophiles listening in, <laughs> that'll be something cool for y'all. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's doing vinyl and he's doing a bunch of stuff. So yeah, really even excited. He's to even he's on Apple Music and streaming now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Finally, he's on streaming. <laughs> so I was like, even though I bought it on Bandcamp because I just love supporting an artist like yeah. this. Uh, but yeah, man, really, really good album. Solid listen. Uh I really feel bad for all the other artists who released music that weekend <laughs> because really? everyone. Oh yeah, it was a week before the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> very, very strategically, also a week before the two release. Yeah. But uh, something that I also f- came across through intranet social media recently oh, yeah. was that he'll be involved on their new album. So correct, they've I got mean, a new drummer now. They're going to start recording, yeah. and you can expect that album in 2020. So I'm excited. Be, yeah, I'm also excited, I'm, and especially when they explicitly put it out there that Ben's going to be involved in mm-hmm. the album. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, this is going to be good. Nice. Friends for life. I, I'm, I'm it at least seems that way. Yeah, yeah. All right. So from your cloud kicker, I'll move on to a band called Grima. Grima is an atmospheric black metal band, and Will of the Primordial. That's their album. It's their third full length. Well, it's just take just one listen to the album to gauge where they're from. That's because of the use of accordion in black metal. Yes, accordion. Accordion is a quintessential. Which country? Russian. What? Yes, okay. it's a it's a quintessential Russian okay. instrument because it it's it's present both in the music and the literature. But this isn't folky black metal as such, right? So. 
the accordion really doesn't distract from the mix of basso, tremolos and blast beats. It's very pleasantly mixed in, it's very welcoming. The songwriting and song structuring is on point uh, throughout the 48 minute album length so much so that it was one of the few releases in the over the last month or so that managed to make my skin break out with goosebumps. It's that good. Alrighty. I think you should check it out. It's called Grimer and the album's name is Will of the Primordial. Alright, definitely gonna check this one out. Yep. Alright, the next one is an album that had, if you were on uh, social media, especially Twitter, this had a lot of hype. Slipknot? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, again, th- th- if you were on metal Twitter, so this is an album called Curse These Metal Hands. Oh it's yeah. It's a collaboration album between and I'm again going to butcher the name, but it's Pinch and Conjurer. Yep. Again, for those of you who heard the album, can kind of just skip forward because you'll know what I'm going to say. The most obvious thing is this was supposed to be the album that Baroness should have released. <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree with you. Thank you for putting me in touch for, uh, with this band and ge- and sharing the promo when it eventually did come out. Uh, yes, it is a fabulous release. I I don't know why I didn't include it in this top three. Well, maybe it's because it's we've been listening to yeah. it for so much time now. Yeah, yeah. That uh, yeah, I think I think the first couple of tracks came out when we did our last music on our mind. Yeah. So which is why it's just taken a backseat. But excellent, very strong album. Definitely yeah, get the Baroness thing that you're. Uh, no, that and you're the saying. thing is, if you look at it, like Pinch is a post-rock band, Conjurer is more like on the extreme side, mm-hmm. and then you have both of these guys coming together, and I believe they're performing this live, so I'm really envious of those who are going to catch this live. Again, very uplifting release, uh, when I was thinking about it, and I just suddenly saw like a thread through all the music I've been listening to, uh, very kind of like positive in a way, mm-hmm. it gives you, while while... Most of metal kind of leaves you like feeling bleak or dark. This was like left me very positive, uplifting. Yeah, it is a summer album. and It's a completely summer album. Yeah, and yeah. again, four tracks, 32 minutes. There's only one track, which is two minutes. The other ones are really long. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like a tedious listen at all. I mean, you just want to hit play when the you reach the end of the track. So, yeah. I'm really glad you're excited by that. And since you have a band that's comprised of two bands, I will throw in my next album, which is uh, Synthiosis. It's by Waste of Space Orchestra, which which is a collaborative project between Oranzi, Pazazu, and Dark Buddha Rising. Now, this project was originally a one-off live commission for Roadburn Festival in 2018, but these guys stuck at it and released Synthiosis in around, I think, April or May this year. I've only discovered it a little while back, which is why I'm talking about it now. It's a really long album. It clocks in at around an hour and four minutes for its nine songs. It's tough for me to categorize the sound as such because it's an amalgamation of, I don't know, I would dub it psychedelic black metal. Yeah, there's, there's like, I think I've heard like a single or two of this. Uh-huh. Like, I don't think I went through the entire album. Yeah, so it's like, You'll find black metal, you'll find sludge, you'll find doom. And definitely it's an album that is made to be played in sequence from the front to the back with no real singles as such, even though they have released a single, I think. But I couldn't really find a single type of a song on it. Uh, This one's made to zone out too, especially if you're having a day that's not hitting the right marks for you. 
So yeah, that's my second album, Synth- uh, Synthesis by Waste of Space Orchestra. All right. Before we come to our conclusion, here's an album that I'm going to have a lot of people like turning their noses up to or cringing. Okay. But uh, just for like nostalgia's thing. Slipknot. No. <laughs> I don't think I could listen to that album at all more than once. But uh, Killswitch Engage. And this is okay. one of those albums that I had to like, because uh, Cloud Kicker dropped, I had to like uh-huh. not listen to this. And then I think it was midweek after that I kind of went in. So yeah, Killswitch Engage are back with their new album, Atonement. Uh, I'm going to start off by saying that vocalist wise, I prefer Jesse Leach. Just because Alive and Alive and Just Breathing was one of the first or the first Killswitch Engage album I heard, so I prefer his like vocal textures, like the abrasiveness mm-hmm. he brings to it. But of course, this is not the Killswitch Engage of that time. It still got like the melodic elements and stuff like that. Aren't they friendly that? with uh, what Howard Jones? Yeah. So yeah. Howard Jones. So that doesn't he also perform on some yeah. part yeah. of the album or yeah, something? So like that's that that's the thing. So uh, for me, this album, even though they've been back with Jesse, I think this is their third or fourth album. For me, this is their album that where they sound like rejuvenated. They sound like they're back. Uh, the highlights of the track is, like you mentioned, track two itself, the, the signal fire where they have uh, Howard Jones in there. And of course, you get Howard doing the clean parts and stuff like that. So it's really mm-hmm. cool. And the video itself, because I just saw it a few days back, it's like this whole, you know, band jamming in a basement kind of thing. And you just have Howard kind of just walking in just like it's a normal thing. And if you think about like it... Like Farhan Akhtar and Rock On when they reunite. I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they still kind of maintain their uh, sound that you're known for. Uh, track 4, The Crownless King features Chuck Billy. So, obviously, this is like a thrashier track in there. Uh, all the tracks are kind of like anthemic in there. They've, of course, got their singles, I'm Broken To and stuff like that. So yeah, a lot of the stuff that they uh, talk about is just lyrically is the struggles that Jesse goes through. Like he's talking about mental health and stuff like that. And one of the tracks that really, you know, lyrically is in your face is a track called Take Control. Okay. Where Jesse's like literally like stay bare and telling you like, gotta take control and there's going to be stuff that's going to be bad. So yeah, man, I mean, I'm just thinking about it in... Again, in light of our recent conversations about just positive metal, here's a band while, you know, there's a lot going on in, you know, in the world that we currently live in. This song kind of speaks out to people and, of course, it's the right time in there. So, if you're listening to that track, it reaches straight out to you. So, yeah, man, really excited to see Killswitch engage back help, again. Will it help a non-fan, me in this context, uh, finally get what Killswitch Engage are all about because I've tried I've heard The End of Heartache uh, I, my I favorite like Killswitch Engage for me um, at the moment unfortunately begins and ends with two singles yeah. one which is their fantastic fucking cover of Holy Diver yeah. which I thought is one of the best covers ever to be released and the other one is uh, their uh, song called This Fire Burns which was uh, the entrance theme for CM Punk in WWE. Oh, this is a great way. And both of them feature Howard Jones. Even for someone like me who's heard their stuff with Jesse Leach prior, their earlier releases, 
this was great to see him because this time he kind of focuses on both aspects the clean and harsh vocals and again you know a lot of people uh, bring them down and say oh yeah they're mediocre in terms of their this and that but while i was listening to their leads it's a lot just like if you are a melodic death metal fan so like you know the early in flames and soil work and stuff like that they've kind of incorporated that in there and of course most of the metalcore bands or at that time when they were called new wave of american heavy death i mean sorry uh, american heavy metal kind of take inspiration from that so it's a mix of the hardcore with of course melodic death metal in there uh, i enjoyed the listen I, th- i i think you should give it a try don't go for the singles to start mm-hmm. off with go for like some of the heavier stuff because no i definitely if i if i ever check them out um it'll be the whole album yeah. but, but yeah but for me the howard era when i look in retrospect was more like pop metal so of okay. course like purists would have been kind of put away or been like okay is this what's this guy up to and stuff She like that he has a fantastic voice oh yeah no doubt about it no doubt about it i mean like the and it's a voice fit for metal yeah but th- there's a reason more why more old school metal why there's a reason why they brought in uh, howard back again to do a track right because mm-hmm. of course that voice has become whether you like it or not synonymous with uh, kilfitz engage so yeah definitely give the album a spin i'm pretty sure but non killswitch engage fans also it'll be a good listen okay cool i'll try and check that one out all right my last pick for uh this episode is infinity shreds forever a fast life i'll describe this as post rock i mean it's leaning into post metal if that's a term i don't know if that is a term post metal but forever a fast life is the third full length from this new york based trio uh which is called infinity shred It's all instrumental. The album clocks in at a long 53 minutes through 10 songs. Um now here's the thing that sets it apart from most other uh instrumental albums. Now, I don't know if you'll agree with me or not, but I find that the average instrumental album it tends to start off with a bang and then kind of like after the third song it settles into this sound that over a time you forget to pay attention to. It like absolutely lose your attention while listening to the remainder of the album depends, like it goes yeah. into the background yeah, right like nothing like really screaming at you i mean the average instrumental uh, album which is what makes this one worthy to talk about because that doesn't happen here it's a great album and let me rephrase that actually it's not an, not as much as an album as it is a soundtrack of sorts and i've used it to commute i've used it to encourage daydreaming i've used it to stimulate my neurons to work overtime and visualize and visualize some like you know unmade movie or something of that sort but uh if you like instrumental metal uh or if you like or if you enjoy and again a weird mix of synth wave post rock post metal shoegaze etc etc that kind of feeling this is something definitely to look out for it's called forever a fast life and it's by infinity shred Wow. So six albums already down. Yeah. Of course. Now let's talk about the big album of I'm guessing the entire year at the moment. I would call it like probably last 5 years if <laughs> No, I don't think it's like that 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 big because at the moment yeah, we are in the uh prime rising phase of the hype cycle of sorts. So it may seem like that, but it's definitely not that at least in my view. 
we are talking about Fear and Oculum. It is the latest release by Tool. And if you've, like, unless you've been uh, living under a rock, you would know that Tool have a new album out. It's their first one ever in 13 years. And it's a fucking long listen, man. 87 minutes, 85 to 87 minutes. Yeah. Here's the thing, it didn't need to be that long, right? Um, I kind of agree with you on that. I kind of agree with you on that. But wait, let me let me start constructing this into some sort of an objective review. I know we both will have our subjective takes on it. But let me first try and uh, just get a couple of reactions in. Peter, are you a Tool fan? And by that, I don't mean are you a Tool fan and with fan <laughs> in inverted quotes. Yeah. But I mean, do you enjoy Tool's discography before Fear and, o- Fear and Occlum? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, same here. I, for a brief moment in time was a Tool fan, a super fan, you know, who would believe everything that the band puts out. And one of the stereotypical things that people make memes out of these days where uh, after uh, discovering that Fibonacci thing in fucking Later Alice, I went in like, holy shit, this is like the holy fucking gospel. So uh, I'll uh, I'll blah, 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 blah. the kind of fan I am. I actually own about four of their CDs. Yeah, so I do I. Kind of paid for it, bought it, so... If yeah, if I mean, yeah, you own their music because it's good music. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and I want to listen to it back again sometime. Of the course, hour. yeah, yeah. So, okay, cool. So we both w- are Tool fans, okay? Um, that's great to know. All right. Next question. Um, were you eagerly anticipating a new Tool album? No. I, I thought it was all a joke. And they were just trolling us, and they would uh, on August thirtieth they'd have been like, "Fool, dear." So I wasn't one of those people who waited up till midnight to check my Apple Music update or things like that. Even though I saw all the tracks and stuff like that, especially like after you heard the first track, like the first uh-huh, single, and the I first think single, yeah. I remember asking you, "What do you think of it?" And I was like, "Do I want to listen to another Tool album?" Because as a Tool fan, I'm very happy to go back and listen to the older stuff, which I actually did in the past week. I went back and listened to the older stuff to just kind of realize what made me enjoy this band. Like, what are the elements that I really liked? And then with that reference, I went to listen to Fear in Auckland. Hmm. Okay. Um, That question thrown to me. I wasn't expecting a new album at all. I thought Tool were done, done and dusted with. It's great that they did release new music, but yeah, they released new music. That's, that is a big new story I get. And yes, they've been doing lovely live shows, which, and obviously the legends around the music uh, is what keeps fueling the growth of the fan base, yeah. etc. And definitely, um, yeah, I was expecting I was expecting an album when they eventually did release that there is going to be an album out, but uh, I wasn't expecting it to be this. In, so in if that if phase. I could throw a question to you, what were your expectations? Considering you had like there was new okay, music so out. I'll tell you my expectations now. If you go back into Tool discography, right, you start off with uh, Undertow, Enema, Literalis, Ten Thousand Days. Each album sounds different. Each album sounds like a progression of the previous album. There's something uh, drastically sonically different while keeping the roots of it the same, right? So, I don't know. That's that's my perception no, of it. Do you think so? True. And like for me, it went the other way because I first heard 10,000 Days. 
Okay. And I was like, whoa. And th- that was when, like, this is when, again, coinciding with the time I was really getting into metal and, you know, progressive uh-huh. music and stuff like that, discovering new sounds. So, you always, Tula, one of those bands you always hear about. So, I was like, hey, new album out, check it out. Whoa. They had a great single for the album and stuff like that. So, of course, went in and went and bought the rest of the discography, checked it out and stuff like that. So, it worked the other way around for me. I didn't go... Yeah, okay, cool. But yeah. at least you got a, fla- a different flavor yeah, for each album, from each album. Yeah. Right? So, I was expecting something uh, to perhaps take the 10,000 day sound and, I don't know, maybe show us a different variant of it. True. Or sh- show me a different flavor of it. Or perhaps for using the most fucking tool word ever, evolve a new sound. And the thing is, if you think about and it... And that's exactly what I was expecting. I mean, come on, if fucking Guns N' Roses can do it with Chinese Democracy and they're working on an album for that long, I kind of expected Tool to be able to do the same too. Yeah, I j- just put moving away from Tool for just one second. Think about all the impact like as a musician Tool had on all the different bands each oh, time definitely. they released. The sound. I'm pretty sure like every prog band or like metal band the moment Tool released an album back in the day, went and said, okay, how do we kind of replicate this sound? How did they do this? And Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that's exactly the same way I was expecting mm-hmm. uh, the new album to be. Something which would be groundbreaking sonically in a way. Yeah, but here's the thing, right? The expectation is because of the long wait. True. In my opinion. Now, if Fear on Inoculum was to have released in a proper continuing album cycle, which is to say like maybe, you know, two or three years after 10,000 days. Uh, I don't think it would have been this hyped. I and that's a hot take. I, I Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, you know how Tool fans are, right? And that's how we kind of... Yeah, but back then, yes, you had Tool fans, but they weren't as Tool fanny as the current Tool fans. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, you I, completely get where I'm yeah, where I'm coming yeah, from, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, social media is a huge exactly. The thing. internet has come in now, uh, and over the last decade, uh, everyone's discovering this band, and primarily everyone's discovering this band through either uh, schism or fucking they're discovering the band by discovering the Golden Spiral and going into like holy shit Fibonacci sequence, later Alice. Oh my god, this band is coolest thing ever with hidden messages, etc., etc. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's get down. Let's let, let let's let's actually get down to it. Okay. So here's what here's what I did to try and actually construct some sort of a review or an opinion on Fear Inoculum. First, let me paint you a picture of the album without any context. So the rule that I had in my head was: what if this album was a completely anonymous release? I love that. Take. Yeah. It yeah. was a completely anonymous release. Nothing absolutely to. Uh, define it being a tool album okay so if you think about it that way production top fucking notch I'll give it I'll give it the production is beautiful it is a really good sounding album I loved I loved the mastering I loved the mixing I love how each instrument stands out I love how everything is a hero while still gelling together and it sounds fucking epic on headphones oh yeah it's beautiful to listen to and 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 that's the thing, like, I was very specific knowing what kind of standards tool follows that I want to kind of isolate myself. Listen of course, to it. yeah. It, need, yeah, yeah, it yeah. needs a proper listen. It needs a proper yeah. thing. 
again don't bring context into this at the moment we are i'm still thinking of this as an anonymous release mm. so yes production full fucking 12 on 10 marks yeah beautiful beautiful production next let's talk about musicianship okay um musicianship on the album i could clearly tell that these are people who definitely know how to play their instruments and are going to keep on trying to improve at what they're trying to do and that especially is true of the drummer he's doing some outstanding mind blowing stuff which i didn't perceive uh, like you know it's 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 almost wow it is it is ground breaking in that sense of manner but that's the drumming the bass is excellent it's strong throughout it does a lovely job of just coming slightly into the background and locking in with the drums which is a challenge over here right because th- over those drum beats uh, and over those polyrhythms it's tough to play any sort of hooks uh, or any sort of you know a progression it's tough to figure that out um I had, which I, then it took me a while to wrap my head around the right? drumming which then brings me into the guitars uh, again the guitars and the entire ambient soundscape that goes along with it again all of it tells me that this is something that's been extremely planned out it's been something that you know it's not a it's not a product of people going into a jam room jamming a couple of times and that's it mm. it looks like a long period of work right and that even if you give this like even if you put it back into context and say this is a tool album but if you give this to somebody who's never heard of tool before uh they'll have this similar view points too so musicianship good musicianship um songwriting and st- song structuring that is something that i didn't really uh enjoy a lot all of the songs are extremely long which is not bad i love long songs you could tell because all my music on my mind picks are well over 40 minutes long right so i enjoy long albums uh over here however it seems to be the case that it's long for the sake of being long i or even if you remove that base comment and say it's it's lengthy because of the need for repetition of each and every riff so many times then it makes you question why the fuck do it does there need to be so many riffs and why is most of the songwriting on most of the songs on this album pretty much formulaic you have a lovely ambient intro you move on to a beautiful verse chorus verse chorus sudden pause break a uh, breakdown uh breakdown moves back into the intro part or moves out of the entire song that and and I'm glad you used that term because I exactly the what that was one of the terms I wrote where I was like by the first song you're like okay cool second song okay cool by the fourth or fifth by the time you get into the longer songs you're just like all right i mean you've already getting into the longer songs right from the beginning no no but i'm saying other than the interlude parts right yeah but but, but i'm saying after the first couple of tracks then it just kind of sets a template and exactly yeah it's it's it it seems like templated songwriting which is what bugs me for, for me and i'm going to add this later but i'm going to just make a allude to my point later except one track from all the tracks stood out for me which really? one the ninth one which is the ninth one seven Tem- impest tempest impest yeah impest with the seven seven instead of a t <laughs> okay but going back to what you were saying like 
forget who the band is when I, by the by the time i've invested so much time listening to these tracks right it becomes a little annoying that's how i felt it wasn't an, it's not annoying for me i'm just um i'm trying to think of why was this approach chosen for almost each and every song on this album like you could fast forward the first 2 minutes and not like really miss anything right a minute a minute or two and that's what i kept here or yeah, there yeah, yeah. Like on some average. songs yes on some songs yeah. no what really stood out okay what really st- stands out for me is that chocolate chip trip which is holy fucking shit it's it's is this crazy man it's, it's <laughs> no, absolutely bonkers crazy it's beautiful <laughs> like it's just such a it's it's basically telling the drama hey drama go and do your thing it, it's we more have, we need 5 <laughs> minutes of drum solo yeah. bajao the, the the way i felt it was it's like you know you have those uh, times where when you're watching a live show and the bands need to like tune, fill time fill time or change their guitars or tune or whatever yeah. change their tune but tuning. holy shit what a fabulous composition oh, yeah. it stands right? like the, the, there are really elements like you can just pick out and be like i want to listen to this again yeah. so i went yeah. back and listened to it yeah, just to kind exactly. of figure out like what the hell is he playing like how exactly. many limbs does yeah. this guy yeah. have right exactly yeah so so great we kind of agree on on this now uh the next aspect lyrics um it's introspective lyrics it makes you it makes you ponder about life it makes you ponder about yourself it makes you ponder about the world decent lyrics again nothing really uh, outstanding yeah, say, uh, but it works yeah it works with the music yeah it goes well with the music it goes well with the music i think i think the singer is standing back a little bit uh, allowing the music to take to drive the entire thing forward and to be the star on the album so the way i would say i don't think for the like i don't think the vocal is the star of the album i do use the cliche term like the vocal is just one of the instruments right yeah 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 correct yeah, it, yeah it, that's how i feel about cool. it cool yeah same here same here all right fabulous and now as an overall album um it's a strong release is it the best fucking thing since sliced bread no it's not now let's put things into context i would say and this is how i would define this album it's the most tool like of all tool albums <laughs> if you were to get a guy and introduce him to tool you would make him first listen to this album and then say well you know that is your introduction now go in and fucking discover the discography because the rest of the discovery barring 10000 days is so much more better i have purposely not read any reviews of the album i've not watched any of those reaction videos because neither have i i wanted to have a little unique i mean i i wanted to use my mind for once right i don't want to be swayed by somebody's fanboyism and things like that and we know we've talked about how tool fanboys exactly are, right? yeah but okay i'm going to add this now since you've said this so you again audio files forgive me but because i was at work yesterday i was listening to the album on youtube still sounds great on youtube it still huh? sounds yeah, yeah that that's so, that's a fucking brilliant production yeah. it sounds good no matter what medium you're listening to so when i was listening to the track and again i'm going to butcher this name which is litine contre la peru i can't remember that's one of the segs the, yeah the, but yeah. yeah for me if if i have to do, like kind of encompass everything i have to say this is this is the thing the first comment on youtube is and i quote 
This is literally the auto-tuned and vocoded whining of the fan base for the past decade. (laughs) 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 I mean, some people just get it. And, you know, as much as I hate reading YouTube comments when I read that, I was just like, I don't think I can put it better, man. The way I looked at it, right? And my approach was pros and cons. I was like, okay, let's do this. And for me, again, with the kind of expectations I had going into the album, I was like, okay, let's listen to it. I heard the single, then I said, fuck, should I have heard the single? Now, I'm, uh, is it going to be like all 10-minute songs and stuff like that? Wait, let me ask you this. When we first heard Fear Inoculum, what was your first reaction? I was like, why have they like taken riffs from all their older songs and just kind of like... Exactly my fucking point. It sounded so much like Tool. Yeah. Right? It, it sounded too, like it sounded okay. Now I'll get the flip side of this conversation. When Iron Maiden releases a new record, it sounds like fucking Iron Maiden. When Metallica releases a new record, now hopefully it'll <laughs> sound like Metallica. <laughs> when Slayer releases a new record, hopefully now it'll sound like Slayer. Or I don't know. But Testament, Meshuga, Dillinger Escape Plan, anybody. When they release a new album, it you expect it to sound like them. True. Okay. And you expect it to have maybe some sparks to indicate where the band is going towards. I couldn't find that on this album. Ki where is the band trying to go? Because this, this, this honestly, it seems like, don't get me wrong. I love some of the songs here. And I think this is a very strong songwriting album. But in the context of it being a tool album, it's let, it's, it, it, doesn't hit each and every check mark that I want because I want to see Tool literally trying to do something which the rest of the um, which, which which hasn't yet been done and which everyone will kind of follow, right? Exactly. Yeah. And That's and and on this album, the only person to actually really do that is Danny fucking Carey. I I and I, there's nothing I can say about him that you've already not said because man, like. As somebody who's not a drummer, <laughs> I was just like... I can't fucking re- envision how he plays what he plays. I, I did it's, that. It's tough. Yeah, I, I did that with Chocolate uh, Chip Trip. I was like, what is going on? Yeah, <laughs> Played yeah, it two yeah. or three times. So that's definitely a big highlight for both of us. Yeah. Right? Um, for, all of, for all of the things that Adam Jones has done on this album, it still, it still seems like he's stuck on this weird... Uh, lateralis patch or sound effect and on the same fucking note choices right like I mean even the solos they seem like old riffs or rehashed unused riffs Um, the the only song and I'm coming back to what I said earlier is track 9 Tempest with 7 I don't know why they use that but uh, because that's the tool, man. <laughs> that's the only song I felt that it was like old tool and Maynard back in being Maynard. Dude. So here's the thing about Seven M Pest. That song to me is the tooliest of all tool songs ever because it encompasses each and every era of the band. Yeah, and you know after like the first minute or so, which becomes like a familiar intro, Maynard straight goes into "Here We Go Again," and I was like, "Yeah, come on." And then he just goes into, you know, yeah, the tool that I it's remember. It's probably the heaviest tool. Yeah. It's probably the heaviest song of this album. A case you, can you be have made that for it. 
but you uh, have that frantic vocal delivery that he kind of does yeah uh, yeah it sounds like something that wouldn't be amiss on either an anima or a letralis yeah and uh, that's my point each and every song here could be retrofitted onto a letralis or onto 10000 days and you wouldn't fucking complain i just feel overall just to kind of make my thoughts on the album known i would have just removed probably a cut part of the intros out shortened it a little bit yeah this this is a very bloated album and i'm it not saying it seems indulgent yeah and i don't know like for me the way i think about it is considering you had all these guys posting on social media i can't remember their names now like oh yeah i got the new tool album did nobody tell them that hey guys what's going on and considering they had 13 years to work on this man but okay so again because we are talking about this in context now so let's bring in the fact that it is released 13 years later the world is fucking dying for a tool album right it's something that will make and think about it 13 years back people who were into tool would be the ones who have a lot of money now to spend so it doesn't surprise me that tool is a hot topic in that way and for all you fucking say about tool being the uh i don't know the bible givers or that sort or like you know being the miracle workers etc whatever yes there are stories and there are lots of fans who i may be pissing on right now but tools at the end of the day tool is a fucking band it's a tool right yeah. and uh, yeah uh, it it seems more like a commodity and it's been wrapped or marketed so well that it's great that everybody's listening to it and the fact that they're finally on streaming and etc and all their albums are out etc is fabulous but yeah was it worth the 13 year wait no it wasn't i i in coming back i just still remember first time listening to vicarious and being like whoa okay this is like interesting vicarious yeah vicarious then do as much for me as like you know the pot did or rosetta stone did yeah. and then i went and listened back so while i was listening to the album i went and listened to vicarious and i was like holy fucking are shit these, right are these guys yeah. listening to their own music exactly right that's what i felt but okay just just my concluding part mm. i and the way considering how commodified music is uh i would probably buy buy the mp3s of this just to keep them and listen to I it at some point i want that cd I definitely want that physical packaging only to see what how the fuck which one the 90 the 90 euro one the 90 euro it's 90 euros yeah i want the one which has that video screen in it yeah that's 90 I, euros because, because honestly i love adam jones ka video work and i think okay. anything that will be with trippy with rechargeable well. cable and stuff yeah 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 that'll be I, trippy as shit to do man like i w- i won't want to figure that technology out like how they managed to compress all of that down into an album because I'm, it Yeah. I I I'll stick to just like listening to the MP3. I'll probably then. buy it a year or so later <laughs> when it's finally available everywhere and at maybe reduced prices too. Like discount, I'm not going to go out right now <laughs> and and pay like yeah. I'm I'm, I'm yeah, not going to do it's that. It's 90 euros apparently. Fucking too much. Yeah, and you know what? Considering tool fans and all that we've said about them, I'm pretty sure that'll sell out fast. <laughs> I uh, it's already sold out, right? You can't get a copy of it. not surprised <laughs> yeah yeah whatever so it's a great package to own man and that artwork is fabulous so would i go out and purchase it yes of course i will am i glad that it's out on streaming yes i am but yeah i think that kind of sums up what our collective thoughts on fear and alkalim were we both agree that it's a strong release but it's not worth 
the 13 year wait i i'll go probably like again it's only been a week or so less than a week actually i've listened to it fucking um, gazillion times i think i'll probably in entirety listen. that too yeah i'll probably and go back and listen to it a few times mediums formats etc but am i going to be like somebody who is going to tell people like yeah this is the best album you have no it's not of. it's definitely not let's be honest. i don't, i'm not even sure if it'll make my top 10 albums of the year there's so much good music exactly yeah the there's so much there's so much good music that's that's out there yeah i mean yeah. think about it the, the other three albums that you put out uh, all the ones about. that you picked yeah yeah and you could spend like at least my three picks i think you can spend the entire time listening to that you'll spend listening to a two album <laughs> <laughs> and that's in a lot <laughs> okay cool wow all right uh, just to leave the fans off on a happy note favorite song of the album i'm going to call it tempest sorry man seven tempest seven tempest for <laughs> me it's numa only because i love that plodding riff that that comes a close second yeah numa is a very strong song man it's it's just, a brilliant just a question, song if i'd have to like and this is only because we both heard the single yeah. if now having heard the album if you had to put out a single which one would it have been hmm good question I'd probably go with Numa or with Descending. I wouldn't have gone with Seven Pest, Seven M Pest at all because it's fucking 15 minutes yeah. long. So it that that doesn't make sense. But but then again, fucking Fear Inoculum is like Th- topping charts everywhere and it's a 10 minute long song. But it's not the strongest song on the of yeah. on the album by a long shot. Here's me taking a complete different view on it you would have gone with chocolate chip trip <laughs> you know why because every tool fan would have been like jizzing their minds over going like oh my god did you hear that drums did you hear that drums <laughs> that's actually you know and this and this i'll put it into context peter's a marketer and the, would that step have helped sell more or create more hype around fear and oculum completely yeah. because then the world would have finally uh, or tool would have given uh something which at the moment i don't think it has given it's it's yeah. one of its fan bases at least which is the fact that holy shit i'm doing something which the rest of the music industry at the moment or the rest of the bands at the moment aren't doing and that would have been a real and tool and that would have been a real tool tool thing to do <laughs> correct i think it's exactly that right so it's kind of like the saint anger of tool <laughs> right because uh and we'll we'll eventually have a discussion about that i'm yeah. sure uh i what is this concerning it's the fact that i think saint anger is a good album but too and bad Peter it was released as a too bad it was released by metallica similarly fear and oculum great fucking album good album actually too bad is released by tool ha <laughs> <Yeah. sighs> wow that feels like i've like lifted a huge weight off my shoulders I don't know why it felt like a responsibility but it felt like a responsibility for me to go out there and talk about Tool's new album. And I think Are we music journalists now Peter? <laughs> I think we we were influential in the niche space of balls. We are not influential <laughs> at all. You're you're, like you're thinking these things up in your head and I don't know where these ideas are coming to you from. Uh if you look at our listenership whatever it's totally doesn't suggest <laughs> that we are influencers in any manner. in any manner <laughs> but yeah it but yeah we have the almighty disposable income yeah and would you put that disposable income on buying this tool album you've already heard the answers from us so i'm not going to repeat it 
if you disagree with us, which I'm sure a lot of you butthurt people do, yes. uh, reach out to us. We are at Haunts Up Pod. I'm at Asmo Ani. And I'm Trent Kershaw. And till next time, Haunts Fucking Up. Haunts Up, guys. <laughs>